With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to a football podcast. My name is Devang Desai and I'm joined by the usual suspects, David Goss and Nick Andrade. On today's show, Frank Lampard out at Chelsea, Liverpool in shambles, MLS Super Draft Claxon, and of course it's the mailbag. It's Ask AFP. God, I struggled getting all of those words out because it's Monday morning and I've been shattered by the sporting results of the weekend, yet we move forward. David, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm pretty good. I actually watched your beloved Buffalo Bills yesterday. I haven't watched a lot of football this year. And uh, I felt for you, Devang. I wouldn't root yeah. for you, especially <laughs> know, not against Pat Mahomes. He's like number one that is worth rooting for in the NFL. But I felt for you. I understand your pain. So I'm here for you on this day to cry on my shoulder. The uh, The messages I got. I mean, that was nice um, yesterday from from friends and people I haven't spoken to in that long as well, kind of reaching out to see if I was doing okay. Always nice, but also always a sign that you cheer for a team that can send you into the abyss at any moment. That being said, the better team won, so I'm not too too destroyed by it all, really, but it was a hell of a ride. Nick, how are you doing, sir? Pretty good. Um, I watched football, a lot of it. Can't believe what Green Bay did, Uh, but... I also watched a lot of Bundesliga, and that was fun. And Syria, by the way, holy crap, uh, it's getting really good out in Italy. So you can't see it, but I'm I'm doing the spicy thing with my hands right now. That you can't see it, but that's how I'm reacting to the Syria spiciness. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> so I want I want us to uh, <laughs> without without the uh, stereotypical accent. Yeah, the Italian. <laughs> I want us to all put our name down on which league we think will have the most competitive finish, but we need a structure to decide what competitive means. Most teams within three points at the end, blah, blah, blah. So we need to figure that out so that all of us can put our name on one because France as well. La Liga stretched a little. England has seven teams of like in the competition. Germany stretched a bit as well. So I think we should all have to put our name on which league we think, not who's going to win, will be the most competitive. I have to say, this is not the uh, Barclays Prem bias um, or we all love the EPL bias. I think it's going to be England, folks. And I, I think also it's, I know it was the FA Cup this weekend as well, but the results there, especially 
that Manchester United Liverpool game lead me to believe that the end of the season in the Premier League will be absolute madness. Nick, at least you guys scored. I know it, the result oh, did not God. go your way, but you guys did score. And I Finally. think for a team that struggles to find goals like you guys with a dearth <laughs> of attacking talent up front, that's a positive sign. Uh, I will not deal with the slander today, especially when your team lost to Southampton and they're out of the FA Cup. At the crack of dawn. Listen, if you're going to get knocked out of the FA Cup, do it at the crack of dawn on a Saturday morning That's true. when around yeah. 15 people were watching, including me. Listen, I watched as well, so I deserve that shape. We play, Arsenal plays them on Tuesday as well. As you're listening to this, they play them on Tuesday. The scheduling is madness. Same thing happened with Newcastle. I honestly do not give a damn about the FA Cup this year, and that's just not me saying it because we're out, but the squad is not deep enough to play in this many competitions. It's just a simple fact. Like Nick, this is where you cut in the show from two weeks ago when Devang says, as long as they win the FA Cup, it's a good <laughs> a season. A rotating cast of bandits <sighs> playing at the 10 position. When ESR is not in. I can honestly say I don't think I have ever cared about the FA Cup or the League Cup. I just, it's just like if we lose, it's like, eh, it's okay. I don't really care about it. But this year specifically, it's like, uh, we needed that really badly. But you know what it is? I think it's, it's this, it's this like classism thing with the clubs and, and, in England as well. I mean, mm-hmm. around Europe, around the world, but like cup competitions take on more meaning probably for other teams. If you're, yeah. it's like Hull City versus Arsenal in the FA Cup. Like obviously Arsenal wants to win, but it's a massive moment for Hull City or Burnley or whoever makes their Wigan. Great example, right? But I think once you get there, you want to win. If it's the fourth round, I'm not too jazzed at this moment. I think if you lose to a rival like you guys did, I think like we lost to Spurs, it's a whole different story. And I can understand yeah. how that would hurt and you would lash out like yourself have Nick early on but we have plenty of time to go and don't worry we can write the ship a reminder we are on patreon.com forward slash a football podcast hoping to get to 30 patrons once we do that more interviews with people from CPL MLS as well as around the world of football so head over to patreon.com forward slash a football podcast the discord is hopping you get the show ad free what else, David? What else? We get to make fun of Nick on a regular basis. I oh, mean, it's it really is the, really um, the you get all package. your questions in immediately. Yep. Sometimes we answer them in the. Discord. I think Matt V posted a picture of his PS5, uh, so I'm jealous of that. Yeah. yeah. I uh, side note, I up. I no longer play online FIFA because I'm sick of getting oh, dumbed yeah. by 15 year old kids yeah. and them yelling racial slurs at me while it's going down. So I play season mode usually, but it gets a bit boring. I mean, you're playing the computer, so I've been upping the difficulty level, but uh, it's a lot less fun. What difficulty are you at? I'm on uh, one below le- uh, ultimate, That's so legendary, I guess. Yeah. If you're that good, though, Devang, you can play yeah. ultimate team. Who cares? <laughs> you should beat. The some thing is, I'm not rolls. though. Like I've I've been taking some horrendous results to the computer in recent days okay. to add okay. on to real life losses, the virtual losses. <laughs> you, you're mentally up. like ready to snap, it's basically. Tough. Yeah. Okay. So perhaps it's not for me. All right. That's the Patreon spiel slash me getting. <laughs> Dummied by the AI Big in FIFA. Big cell. Big cell. After the break, Lampard out at Chelsea. Thomas Twinkle in. We talk about it all coming up next. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to a football podcast. For once, breaking news has happened before we recorded the show, David. It's a Christmas miracle late in January. It's uh, what we've been waiting for. We actually reached out to all the Premier League clubs and asked specifically <laughs> for this. It seems like Chelsea's the only one who's listened, which is good to know we have their ear. And not a shock, really, in the grand scheme of things. Early Monday morning, the club put out a statement announcing that they have parted ways with club legend Frank Lampard. Coming off the back of a 3-1 win. <laughs> a 3-1 win in which Timo Werner missed another penalty, so I think True. that perhaps was more important <laughs> than anything that happened on the field. Because the progression of Timo Werner and Kai Havertz seemed to be a major reason why Frank Lampard is no longer the manager at Chelsea and why Thomas Tuchel is in. David, I've been reading all the stuff. I mean, The Athletic had a deep dive almost instantly after this came out, which seems to me that they were sitting on this ready to go. Like everyone Literally else's. an obituary that was written for yeah, someone exactly. who was sick and impending death was coming. <laughs> it's pretty much the case. I mean... We've been saying it for months now. I, I didn't really rate highly what Frank Lampard was doing with his Chelsea squad. It seems like Marina Granovskaya wasn't either. Um, the leader at Chelsea, Roman Ivanovic's right-hand person at the club and the person who's really kind of controlling things. It seems like she was ready to to cut her losses at the end of 2020. Ralph Ragnick turned them down on a short-term deal. They wanted to get someone in who could speak German. I think that was key for them to, to make sure that Havertz and, and Timo Werner came good. And they land with Thomas Teuchel, who, of course, PSG let go earlier this year. David, I read in that same piece, those summer signings did $200 million. Ben Chilwell might have been the only player that Frank really wanted, which seems about right if you you, you see that Mason Mount obsession and kind of get where he's going at. Um, not the right person for this job. I think it's pretty much that's that. And... In that piece, it mentioned players noticing the deterioration of Timo Werner and his confidence being shattered and understanding that a player that good cannot be going through this. And at a certain point, Lampard being a club legend doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the most damning thing that I saw in the athletic piece amongst many, and so I would recommend going out and reading it, which is something we've talked about, is the players, representatives, the rumors were that they didn't feel that there was tactical direction. That's one of the things we've talked about a lot is like, listen, if you're Timo Werner and your team's playing well with a specific way and you don't fit in, you can see that and understand that. But Chelsea, it was just like, "Mm, let's figure it out each game. And so then players don't understand why they're not getting playing time and they're not put in positions to succeed. And so that's kind of the malaise you've seen come over the club. And I think that's to the direction that Frank Lampard was unprepared for this job. Hadn't been a head coach for a very long time. Kind of got it because he was a club legend. In the piece, they kind of laid out, and I've seen this in other places too, that maybe Frank Lampard wouldn't have taken the job if it wasn't Chelsea, would not have stayed as long if it wasn't for Chelsea. So that road kind of went both ways, although I don't know where he would have left for. 
So if he was coaching, I don't know, Tottenham or another big club and it wasn't Chelsea and Chelsea didn't give him an offer. I don't know where Frank Lampard's quitting and going to, but whatever. Uh, So I agree with you. It, It clearly hasn't worked. Now, I will say this. Chelsea do not know how to run themselves. I was shocked to see they haven't won a Champions League knockout game since 2014. Now, obviously, they won Europa League under Sarri, but that's not the focus of that club. And the short-term managerial hires and fires with short-term planning that no one's really able to kind of put a bigger picture over everything has hurt this club over the last five, six years. And it will continue to probably hurt them going forward. For example, they offered Ralph Ragnick a four-month contract (laughs) to close the year and then move. What the hell is that? Why would would, he take that? And why would you offer that? (laughs) If you think he's a good coach, then he's your coach. And that's kind of all that it means. And I think that's kind of an example of where Chelsea sits right now. Shouts to Peter Cech showing up in a balaclava at the Chelsea training, basically ready to shiv his friend in the back, Frank Lampard, based on uh, that reporting as well. Not specifically, but I think the, the lack of communication as well between Lampard and his players was a bit surprising. He was just recently a player. I think we know now, especially in this day and age, the management has changed and and that personal relationship is key. It didn't seem like Frank had that with many players outside of Mason Mount, pretty much. Mason Mount plus, we can assume. So one of the pieces said his insistence on signing Declan Rice, who at this (laughs) point Chelsea views as a guy they gave away for nothing and don't want to pay to get back. But his insistence potentially pushed to his firing of he was basically showing up his front office on this and for it to be Declan Rice is like not saying he's a bad player but to your point it's just everything about they named like the list of transfers he wanted and the transfers they got every one of his were English and every one of the transfers they got except for Ben Chilwell was from outside of England and that's kind of seems to be what's going on with Lampard. I also would stake my reputation on Basmati Busquets, but that's because of the nickname, less because of Zeklin Rice. <laughs> Just par for the course. What do you think about Toykult? I, I think it's a, it's an interesting hire. It's it's someone that's been in a situation a bit the same, where like Chelsea's a super political club. I think PSG is also a pretty political club. There's a lot of moving parts in the background, and you don't really know maybe who is exactly supporting you on a day-to-day basis, but it's a big job. I think he clearly relishes that. They wanted to get someone who could speak German in there. Making sure that investment on Werner and Havert seems like a massive part of this hire. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think they missed on Pochettino. That's the weirdest part about this. The way the article laid out the timeline of how long it's been since Lampard knew he was dead and the club, it's wild to think they couldn't have made this deal for Pochettino. That's the signing. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. There is zero chance on January 25th of 2023, Thomas Tuchel is still manager of this team. He has pushed himself out of every club he's been at and Chelsea fire managers day in and day out. Like what a combination. What a combination. That's so, yeah, be. exactly. There's no chance this lasts long term. From everything I've read about him and seen is he is somewhat old school in his mannerisms, the way he wants people to act. He's fairly progressive in his soccer and his ideas around the game using sports science, analytics, stuff like that. So I think he'll bring positivities to this group as well as basically there's just going to be a bump because they don't play for Lampard anymore the way it seems to have gone. So it'll probably work out well for them this season. Decent chance they start next season well. But I think there's a way about Tuchel that players don't love playing for him. And it seems like management doesn't love working with him. 
And that's a big part of what happened to Lampard as well. He rubs people the wrong way. I think he's a little gruff. He's like insistent apparently on like shaking hands and staring in the eyes of all his players and all that stuff, which I get the idea of having culture and all those things. But he outside of minds, he's run himself out of everywhere. He's been fairly quickly. And I wouldn't be surprised if it runs along those same uh, same route for this one. As a neutral, I'm a little sad to lose Frank from the managerial ranks. He was someone that you always knew was going to prov- provide a quote or give you something that you could scratch your head about. But watching TT at Chelsea and that that monster will be riveting, I think. And no loss of drama there. Moving from one disaster to another. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this has to be timed out perfectly, Devan, because Tuchel has to get fired right before Klopp leaves. So that Tuchel can take over for Klopp again. No, we, we already have a replacement. It's Steven Gerrard. Don't worry. He's waiting Steve in the wings. Oh, Steven makes a lot of sense. Gerard. You know Frank Lampard's available <laughs> too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Give me that Martin O'Neill, Roy Keane combination, CBG, Frank Lampard. <laughs> I got Liverpool. Uh, I don't wish losing to Burnley on my worst enemy. So when I saw that happen to Liverpool during the week, you knew things were bad. Their 68 match unbeaten home streak or winning, sorry, unbeaten home streak was scrapped. Their last, their first loss, sorry, since Palace in 2017, an incredible run. That was absolutely mad. I kept hearing that. And every time I heard it, it was like, wow, that is such an impressive mark. They haven't scored in four straight league games. They did score over the weekend, but still lost to Manchester United at Bruno Fernandes. Absolute beauty of a free kick, the decider there. Who really needs the FA Cup, though? I'll stay on the record with that. That being said, Nick, what the hell is going on? Um, not just not just like s- small alarm yeah. bells. I'm seeing the smoke kind of appear from the fan base. Right. I mean, let me tell you, first of all, I still have images of Divock just missing a wide open chance, 1v1 versus the keeper. Like, how do you do that? And then again, Ashley Barnes, I knew something was going to happen with him because he got in trouble with Fabinho earlier in the game and then whatever. But anyway, what's going on? I look at it, especially against the game against Manchester United. They are playing the same way that every team is expecting them to play, and that's through their fullbacks. And they're not penetrating enough, and especially... If you want to play more direct in the middle, like that's what you need to do right now for Liverpool, and they're not doing that. And you can't just keep crossing it in because a lot of these te- teams have a lot of size on you, and they just keep getting intercepted one way or the other. And, you know, Trent Alexander Arnold doesn't look the same. And at the same time, because of your center back situation, uh, poor Reese Williams uh, got exposed so many times um, yesterday. And it's like, well, we can't really do anything. We can't really sign anybody. Uh, but he consistently is getting thrown to the wolves because especially Trent isn't uh, a notoriously good defender. So on the counter, you're really vulnerable. You have been, you know, had possession for most games, uh, but it looks a little different now with Thiago in there. And he is a world-class player, but I feel like they're not really adhering to the way he's playing. And maybe that's why there's a loss of connection. But again, I don't know, because the front three look dead. They look dead tired. They don't look the same. Uh, They probably have some issues where they play every game, every game all the time. And I don't think they can deal with it. And that's my analysis, guys. 
Is is now a good time to bring up that Jordan Henderson won Player of the Year and not Michael Van Dyke, who <laughs> yeah. was like the entire reason this has happened? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. The most important player on the team. I agree with what you're saying, Nick. I think um, one of the things you could see, so teams are obviously sitting pretty deep on Liverpool. It's the way to beat them. It makes sense. Also, I'd like to say last week I said Ole did the right thing, and then he did the exact same thing again a week later, and it worked. They just didn't score off counters at Anfield. Um, but Van Dyke gives you that license to allow TAA to go farther upfield and then come infield and connect if he's not getting space for crosses because he knows he doesn't need to get back as quickly defensively. Robertson as well. And I think with the loss of Van Dyke, everyone's playing a half step back. Everyone's playing a little bit more tentative because they know turnovers can lead to exactly what happened this week, which was they dominated possession and Man U scored three times, twice off the counter and one off a free kick through the counter. So like that's kind of in the back of the minds for all these players. And I still think Mohamed Salah, Mane, and Firmino, I think all of them are world-class players in transition. Salah is probably the best player touch and finishing at full speed. That's not happening because teams aren't allowing them to get into transition because teams never push high. And so this was kind of always a worry is like, were they a one-trick pony? And I think that's a little unfair because they're still a great team. The question is, are they the best team in England? Um, But that's kind of what you're seeing now. And I think Tiago was supposed to fix a lot of that, but I don't know that it even matters because of what's broken behind him and the way this team is playing right now and the fear they're playing with of losing possession, right? Because if you're a team that is going to, like you said, Nick, play the ball centrally so that you lose the ball in good spots, win it on the counter press and create chances like they did for the Sala, the first goal against Man U, you can't have that confidence if you think you're going to give up a goal if you don't counter press correctly, which isn't the way they were playing the last two, three years and is the way they're playing now. And I think you can see it in the players of then it builds on itself and it builds on itself. And we got to bring it up at some point. I think Klopp was seven years at Dortmund and all the players talked about the things that change as you start to win and you kind of change who you are. I think a lot of these Liverpool players were already at a level the Dortmund players weren't at. So I don't think you have the like, well, we've made it now mentality, but it's his sixth year at Liverpool uh, and he's an energetic coach who operates on energy and buy-in and all those things. And if you don't have it, can he get it back or is it over? Liverpool's unwillingness to solidify the squad off the heels of what they did last year I think might be the most troubling thing from the outside this team was amazing last season obviously what did they accomplish but to not follow it up I think with some fixes that are doable I'm not saying go and find a new VVD on the transfer market but I think you can make it so that Rice Williams is not put in these situations you're playing Fabinho and Jordan Henderson etc back a bunch right FSG not uh winning hearts and minds as much as they were a few months ago and I think this game against Spurs this week is going to be massive because there are two teams to me that profile pretty similarly right now and in top four terms it's a huge game what I don't understand either is why can't you just bring in a guy on loan that's it it's you're not spending that much money and that's just you're 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 covering a need I don't understand what the difficulty in that is one of the names I thought was interesting is uh, Jonathan Todd Leverkusen, who they've played well and he's been back in the team, but was kind of out of the team to start the season. Uh, and is a guy who you could buy now, probably at market value, like not crazy inflated. And then he would still be valuable after this, right? Because you don't, 
you have like two options. Go for a loan short-term fix. You don't want to buy someone short-term fix and then be stuck with a player that you don't want or overpay. So that was one of the names that came to my head of a guy who'd fit in and could work going forward. Or you could go for a loan. The question is, Nick, what could you get on loan? That's Is it worth – like is there any quality if you're getting a player on loan right now? Um, like I don't think Chelsea was going to loan to Mori too. Liverpool, that's kind of been the best center back that we've seen move so far uh, this offseason. Or sorry, this window. I, I don't want to say this, but like, is it like a Socrates? Is it like just someone who's a free agent? Is it just a vet who you can kind of plug in there? Not every game, but in case like Matip gets hurt. Like that, these are the options I'm thinking of. Not thinking of a guy who's going to play every game. Just something who can cover, someone who can cover. Can I interest you in a used scroll down Mustafa? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd see though that you'd feel better when they came in, and in the end, they probably wouldn't change the fortunes of what's going. No, on. so I yeah. get the idea. I would say for Devang, Arsenal fans have said this a million times. Like we just need experience, and then every time they bring yeah. whatever experienced player and just anyone, it pretty much never works out for that team. Although that's a different team with a different manager or five different managers, so that could be wrong. That's a good point. Final England thought, Kevin De Bruyne out four to six weeks for City. Huge blow. Kind of swept under the rug a bit with everything else going on, understandably. But I think we kind of agree here that Man City are the prohibitive favorites, even with Manchester United doing so well and Ollie kind of rewriting the script on his managerial career. City is still that team, David, but KDB gone for a month and a bit. What do they do without him? Uh, they pl- turned to Phil Foden, who got it done for them this weekend. He leads them in goals across all competitions, which I had not realized. Uh, I think he scored three in the last two games for them. Big goals as well when they've not been playing super well, popping up in different areas. So that's the answer for them. The reality is they'll rely on more from Sterling, Mares, all the forwards, and Bernardo Silva to give them more in the attacking sense. I think Kevin De Bruyne is the third best attacking player on the planet behind the big two and maybe Lewandowski if you keep counting them up there. So he's a pure talent, but this is kind of what City's built for is that they have a million options. They have a ton of depth. I'd say I don't expect a huge drop from them, but it makes me think there's a bigger chance, man, you can win this whole thing. Um, And I think De Bruyne will be back. It should be right about when they play each other head to head. But even that, I just think for man, you, the longer they stay ahead, the longer they stay in it, I think the confidence builds and that gives them an opportunity. And we'll see this week, but I'm not out on Spurs either. I still think that this is a year that is set up for a team like Spurs to win. Huge fixture Saturday at the Emirates. Arsenal, Manchester United. Ooh, should be fun. Turning now to Italy, where AC Milan seemed to have returned to the rightful throne, but Atalanta properly stomped them this weekend stopping that hilarious bands with Ibra and Zapata Ibra basically just trying to destroy Zapata emotionally I guess after his team was destroyed by Atalanta I guess it worked this is asymmetrical warfare from Zlatan Ibrahimovic but it was a comfortable win for Atalanta against the leaders of the league and I feel pretty smart David about saying Juve was still definitely in this a few weeks back when it looked super bleak because they are it is wide open, and they might have their own Alfonso Davies, a.k.a. a North American kid who absolutely blows up a league of their own. Weston McKinney, the chosen one, <laughs> you know, born on July 4th, given an opportunity to live by the, because of the Dark Lord, and now he's back to <laughs> reconquer everything that's been done. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch him this weekend and the Supercopa 
in the midweek. So he won a trophy for his first time, won a trophy with Juve. Uh, pretty exciting to see. But I think this is my answer for which league will end the tightest because the top two teams are in chaos right now. Inter Milan needs to be sold. AC Milan's always one step away from chaos. And then it's Roma and Juve right behind them. And at this point, I don't think you can count out Atalanta and Napoli. And obviously, Napoli and Juve play each other in that game to hand game in hand. So I still think this one's going to be really tight. And this is what we've sort of said about Milan. I, I like what they did in this window, but they're not super convincing. They don't have a style that's dominant. They don't create a ton of chances. And so it's always going to be tough for them to just roll off victories. Each one is a struggle. And with so many teams in the competition for Europe and for the the title, there aren't really a ton of easy weekends for a group like this. And so this is what happens when they lose their feet a little bit. Um, and Devang, I think the more interesting one to me is Inter. What they did against Juve last week and to come back and do this is like, I, I guess it's classic Conte. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's peak Conte. It's, it's so on the nose Conte that it's possibly parody of what could possibly happen to a team led by <laughs> might I still like Juve and I, I think for for just entertainment purposes I'd like to see them not win but I'm finding it hard to put any sort of faith in either Milan side going forward even from what we've seen from AC Milan over almost a year now I think you've seen this carry out over a stretch of time where even after this result I'm confident that They'll stay in this conversation and be at the top of the race, but that is a tough blow. Transfer-wise, Papu Gomez to Sevilla, that'd be super interesting in general. I think the Gomez saga and, and the club kind of relaxing relaxing how much money they want and realizing how much he's done for them was nice to see after that kind of went poor. Have you seen the Instagrams? Which one? He's posting Instagrams, circling himself where he was in moments, saying that the manager called him out for being out of position. <laughs> and he's just posting public IGs to respond to them. Like, that's what the level we're at. So he has to get out. Is that why they lowered the price? The IG Pretty bet, much. Man. That's great. That's yeah. amazing. Amazing. Uh, that's how you negotiate. Yeah. And it's too bad because it was one of the feel good stories of like his resurgence, the way yeah. he plays connected to what Atalanta does and the way that club's now built itself. Um, and so Sevilla makes sense as that type of move because this is Sevilla's bread and butter. Distressed asset fits in where Benega left them. They're third already in La Liga. Could promote them even stronger, especially in Champions League. So this move makes sense. The other one that we uh, talked about a little is uh, there's a now a swap deal for Edin Dzeko and Inter Milan with Christian Eriksen. Let's break this down. Who wins that deal? Edin Dzeko <laughs> is pissed because on Wednesday of last week in the Coppa Italia, Roma subbed a player after they got two red cards. So they were down to nine men and a substitution they didn't have. They proceeded to lose the game and then it gets retried and then they lost the game on forfeit because they made a sub they weren't allowed to make. They fired the club manager. I don't know what that role means. And Jekko's now pissed that they fired the club manager. Man. And so he wants out. And apparently there's a bunch of chaos. He won't talk to Fonseca. And so... Boom. That's the third place team in the league. This is what I'm talking about with this title race. Today. That's more on brand than the Conte stuff, actually. That had encapsulated <laughs> into one is the most on brand Syria stories for a new segment. We're debuting Syria stories. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Also, in our notes, McKinney has a Harry Potter celebration with some wand waves. So Let's go. To that. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's favorite player. Uh, we tried to bury Bayern a couple times in the past couple of weeks, maybe trying to yeah. make this more interesting than it possibly was in the title race, David, because it, it looks like after what we've seen this past weekend, where basically everyone that was really chasing Bayern suffered catastrophic results, while Bayern did not makes this race a little less interesting, perhaps. I still stand that Bayern hasn't played up to their level. But as you said, Dortmund lost this weekend. Leverkusen lost this weekend. Leipzig lost to one of the bottom five teams in the league. None of those teams are really set up for this. Unfortunately, I think if Leverkusen hadn't sold Havertz, they'd probably be in a position to be able to challenge. And I think the talent on the roster, they've rebuilt it well, but takes time to kind of fit itself together. Um, Dortmund, there's something wrong. I I think it's mental. You watched them play this weekend. I think it was two set piece goals and a deflected set piece, which led to a tap in and they lose three, two after two incredible Holland goals, got them back into the game each time. And so you're looking at a team that don't think mentally has an idea of like how to close out games, how to get wins. And that's what Bayern has done to them. Every year, pretty much, which is Dortmund are uber talented. They win games 5-1. It's super fun, but they don't have ways to squeak out tough wins and to stick with Bayern as they continue to win going forward. And the Leipzig one, I think, was the most surprising because they played well again. They have depth. They're super talented. I think they're the most entertaining team in the world, game in and game out right now. Uh, and they also gave up a bunch of set-piece goals and weren't able to get a win against one of the worst teams in the league. Free Sabitzer, free Sabitzer, spread the word, um, get it into your chat rooms and your message boards. Let's get this man home. Uh, home would be Leipzig, I assume. Yeah, I mean, that's. I took some liberties with what home actually means in this instance. Luka Jovic is back in Frankfurt on fire. Feel good story of the year, perhaps, not really, but <laughs> you can always go home again in that sense. Correct, David? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's fun to watch that because that front three was... Epic, what, two, three years ago with Rebic uh, and him, and then everyone goes their own ways. Everyone graduates, and now we play Green Day, and then everyone comes back. My final FIFA comment of this episode, Rebic as well, fantastic player on foot, cheap, good pace, great finishing, doesn't cost a lot of coins, anti-Rebic. <laughs> Shouts to that man. And finally, quickly, Spain, Atletico seven points up, maybe just to cut to the chase here. Will they stay at the top when the season is over. We've talked about races all over Europe. France also has one as well. But as of January 25th, as we speak speak right now, will Atletico win La Liga, David? I think this is your surest bet. Yeah, they're up seven points, game in hand. They bring in Dembele to give them a little more depth up front, which is kind of like their one weakness. Uh, And they've just looked super comfortable in the way they've been playing over the last few weeks. There hasn't been any games where you've watched and said, oh, this isn't an Atletico performance. Obviously, they've had a bunch of weeks off because of COVID and snow and all that stuff as well. So you haven't seen them pushed physically, which could be tough. Uh, That's the other part of games in hand right now. Normally, it's like, oh, good team game in hand. That's three points. But it means you got to find a place for those games in a packed season, which could be tough. Um, But I think that they're easy favorites. They are the biggest favorites in any of the top five leagues uh, to win their title. And so we'll see what happens. I would say... If Barca weren't as far back, they've looked good the last few weeks. I'd actually think they'd have a shot, but 10 points is just too much. That's Europe. 
plenty, plenty more to cover in the coming weeks as these races heat up. After the break, we head back to North America. The Super Draft is in the books. Jonathan David continues to do cool things. Plus, it's the mailbag after that on Ask AF Pete. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a football podcast. We mentioned earlier we got lucky with news breaking before we recorded for once. It's happened twice, David. Yeah. Get in line, everyone. This is the way the schedule works now. We will send everyone in the world our recording schedule week to week. And you got to announce your news before Chicago Fires president Nelson Rodriguez being let go. So he was originally in charge of the soccer side at Chicago. Then he got in charge of the whole thing. Then they took away the soccer half. And now he's no longer part of the club. And they are rebranding after rebranding a year ago. Um, So maybe you could see who's getting blamed for something like that. Man, the Chicago Fire feel like one of those stores in a strip mall that goes under new ownership or gets changed every three months. Like it's a coffee time once and it's a Pizza Hut three weeks later. It's absolutely But then you're like, hasn't it been a Papa John's forever? And they're like, no, it was a Domino's. Then it became a Pizza Hut. Now it's a Papa John's. So technically no, but also yes. They kept the chef, but everyone else is new. So there's some staples you recognize. It's madness. And Rodriguez was one of those, the original guys, right, David? Like the, the head office people. Yeah, he was in the league, I think, from the start of MLS. Then they put him in charge of Chivas USA to kind of like wind it down at the end because it was in, the league was running it. Um, and he was pretty highly regarded coming out of that. And so then he went to Chicago. He was the one who did put together the Bastion Feinsteiger and Nemanja Nikolic team and all that stuff, which was their first good team in a while. And then it just hasn't gone well. Uh, there's a few sticking points with him that's kind of been trouble, but... For Chicago, it's unfortunate all this is happening because on the other side, they've signed, I think their last eight signings have been under the age of 21. They've signed Mm -hmm. three youth internationals from Ecuador and Colombia that are supposed to be really strong players that are 20. Uh, They're like rebuilding the club on the field with long-term goals. And so it's unfortunate that it's been such a sideshow off of it. But I guess the hope is when COVID's done and people can get back in the stadium and it's soldier field and you've had time to build the squad... Hopefully you can hit in that market again. The MLS Super Draft occurred this week digitally a bit different than we've seen it in the past. Daniel Perea went after Austin FC. Calvin Harris, not the DJ, picked by <laughs> FC Cincinnati. And Colorado with the splash, arguably, of the draft trading up to select Philip Macchia from Clemson. Overall, on the draft, your thoughts, David? I thought I was reading our friend Travis Clark's uh, like recap on MLS.com, soccer.com, and and. The idea that Philly did well by kind of doing what they're doing as in trading away their picks for allocation and doing it their own way, disregarding the draft entirely, warranted an A grade for them. Makes me wonder if we still need to keep doing this. Uh, I think you do because Minnesota traded back in to get two picks in the first round. And two years ago, they drafted Dane St. Clair, Hassani Dotson and Chase Gasper. Uh, all three of which are starters to our three. All three actually are in their national teams now. Um, and I think St. Clair might be the Canada starter for a while. So 
that team doesn't have an academy and they're building one, quote unquote, it's been a while. Uh, so they value the college draft. Philly doesn't. So that's, I think, fair because at the same time, you've got, you know, youth championships that man Minnesota doesn't really show up to. You continue doing those for the teams that exist. I think one of the cool, unique, but weird parts of MLS is there's a lot of different avenues to build out of uh, and teams choose to value what they want which I think makes sense because if you put your resources in that place, you've got an advantage over other teams and other teams have an advantage over you and other spots. So Philly, for example, not only did they trade out, they traded their first round pick for the homegrown rights to a player they've already brought into their academy that they didn't have the rights to because he's from Orlando. And so that their first round pick is Nathan Harriel, which is fine. That's great. That's what they're doing. There are some teams in this draft that like passed and didn't really try on their picks that don't have good academies that don't sign big international DPs. And those are the clubs that what the hell are you doing? What is your purpose <laughs> in any of this? How could you pass on an opportunity to add talent to your team right. and not be very good? So that that's my uh, overarching theme. The audacity. My headphones are on fire from the strength <laughs> of that take the, the just the forthrightness you presented it with. I was a bit trolling there. I asked you this, David, to defend the Super Draft in honor of our friend Sean Kay, possibly the biggest fan of the MLS Super Draft. Uh, you can find players, no doubt, and you can find players that end up contributing to to cup-winning squads. So I think it's, uh, it's always a fun moment. I remember, I think it was in Philadelphia when uh, TFC picked Subasa Endo. Uh, we were, I was working with the team at that time, and we did all this stuff then and at the time you're like well I mean, there's 6,000 vets on this team and how much is he going to play will he be an important player and it turned out he was an important rotation player that they found through this avenue so I think he still is right and he will be going forward because I think he's he's got his green card as well right is he considered a I don't think so I think that's no? been the adventure of why he correct plays correct. for TFC two every other year in his off contract <laughs> and comes back do you remember this though I don't know when this was happening, because I was there as well. There was a joke that was going around a lot, like between Tsubasa Endo, his family, and the TFC front office, including Bez, that they thought Tsubasa Endo's dad and Tim Bezbachenko looked exactly the same. And everyone just kept saying it. They were standing next to each other taking pictures. And I was like, I don't know if I see that. And everyone thought it was so hilarious. Man. And I was like, okay, I guess this is one of those things. I po- possibly I blocked this out of my man- my mind due to the traumatic memories. But I don't remember that. I feel like I would have. Um, we were around that, that situation, but hilarious. Also, like the draft experience, just the seeing it for these people, the players, like it's awesome. Yeah. Like it, it clearly rocks their world it's not the same as NBA or NHL even I understand that or NFL like those guys are signing million dollar ticket deals at least some of them whereas here it's a bit different but still it's a it's a sign that you've made it and your hard work is for something quickly Jonathan David continues to light it up in France for Lille it's great to see and once again goes back to a rant David had many weeks ago about maybe not burying players Instantly or after yeah. a couple of weeks or a month or two months, it's it's perhaps wise to sit back and watch the grass grow because a striker might just turn good. Absolutely. And I think credit to Leal. They've stuck with him. He has started week in and week out. They've given him different partners. They've kind of changed their shape a little bit, but they believed in the player they bought and they've given him the opportunity to find his feet. And you talk about Timo Werner. Remember Jonathan David? Missed the PK in Europa League, in a big moment that they asked, they were kind of trying to put that pressure on to say, like, we believe in you. And he still continued through. And now they're tied for first. 
in the league. There's a decent chance he wins them the league this year, which is completely outside of the realm of possibility for a team that may be in bankruptcy against PSG of all people in the league. Uh, and that would be worth every single penny on top of what his sell-on fee will become after this. So it's pretty awesome to see. And I uh, was reading an interview with Tamori now going to Milan. He The Canada thing came up and he's like, yeah, it'd be cool to like play with Jonathan David and Alfonso oh, Davies. But <laughs> Davies was 15 when I made the decision, so I didn't know. And I was like, bro, you clearly regret your decision. So can he, can he still come back though, right? He's got I don't the one know. time. I don't God, know if he can make yeah, a one-time man. switch. It's a good question. He would be the perfect player for Canada. The the meme of the uh, Wolverine with the photo caressing it, like the longing it, yeah. longing for it. Put the uh, one-time switch rule in that photo frame, and that's me caressing <laughs> it because there's a lot of guys we could still have back. Okay, that's North America. After the break, ask AFP more FIFA. I said there was one, no more FIFA questions. We've got yeah. more FIFA coming up after the break on Ask AFP. Yes. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Football Podcast. It is now time for everyone's favorite mailbag segment, Ask AFP. Thanks for everyone who sent their questions this week. If you didn't get the chance to send your own questions, just hop on Twitter and use the hashtag AskAFP and send them our way. I thought I said that really fast, but bear with me. Craig is our first question. And Devang, again, like you said, it's a FIFA question. What are your thoughts on the FIFA 21 team of the year? No Messi for the first time in forever, even though it's... Uh, Really a popularity contest, basically, for this uh, Team of the Year stuff. Yeah, so like massive news. Team of the Year is um, the biggest thing in Ultimate Team. It was the biggest thing when I was working there. It still is. Um, Alfonso Davies made it, which was huge. A Canadian being on there, absolutely amazing. Never thought I'd see the day. But the Team of the Year, it is a popularity contest in the sense that this one was actually voted for this year. And Kylian Mbappe was on the cover of FIFA 21, and he ended up making the team and Messi didn't. I think some people are drawing some lines there. The idea that Mbappe does a crap load of promotional work for FIFA and EA and like... Devang, what do you know? What's the secrets? Tell us. It, I'm just saying it, it would seem like it would behoove them to put right. put him in the team of the year. That also means like EA doesn't have a relationship with Juventus anymore. They don't have a relationship with Barcelona anymore. A lot of individual teams signed uh, agreements with uh, Pro Evolution Soccer. So, like, they can't even use Ronaldo's real jersey. So, if that was the case, would they include him, right? So, perhaps it's not a conspiracy. I, I honestly, I think it, this is a popularity contest. I'm stunned the Messi Pete fans did not juice the vote. Maybe they did, but not the end of the world for me. I do love the conspiracy theories around this, though. A lot less, the stakes are way lower than this compared to an election or some shit. Well, I will say this. It's a pretty accurate team. Yeah. Like the Messi debate, and Ronaldo's probably the least deserving player right. who actually got in. Otherwise, it's like the best 11 in the world. Yeah, Robert Lewandowski, shout out. I, I, the, 
the joke was like Danny Alves would make it when he's not even playing anymore because there were so sure. few <laughs> options, right? Like there's, it is a, it, and it's a lot of ultimate team is the players who are best to use in the game. The players who are, are OP and, and have all the ability, right? So Ronaldo makes it because Ronaldo is used by everyone who has good teams in the game. AxBK ask, uh, NYCFC waited until this window to redo the team, but now with the pandemic, CBA, and a bad front office, uh, we're going to struggle to rebuild. Do you agree with this, David? Uh, I think rebuild is probably an extreme term. Like, yeah, Alex Ring's gone, um, which is kind of the big piece that's left. And then Matriza uh, left. At the end of the year, because I think that was a family issue, he he couldn't really get back into the country, didn't really want to. Uh, and then they've let Matsurita go, who I don't think is a big deal. So I think rebuild is extreme to say. Uh, and obviously getting a new coach last year and then having COVID and all the issues you've had with trying to get players in and out and all that stuff, it hasn't really happened yet for them. But I do understand the worry around NYCFC, which is how are they going to get better? And this is one of the things I see with this team, which is like, and we kind of saw with Red Bull, um, where does your, what does your club mean to the overall structure of the group? Because to be a good team, probably CFG, not probably does enough because they have this internal scouting group. So two DPs are going to show up a week before the season, one from Uruguay, who's 19 and one from, I don't know, sub-Saharan Africa or from Asia who all joined the CFG group and are probably better scouted and better players than what a lot of MLS teams can go out and find. But on the flip side, are they the pieces to get you a championship? And I don't think that's the focus, which is, okay, we've, we're we're 87% of the way there. How do we get the other 13% to get us over the line? Instead, they just kind of dump good talent on this group. And that's why you've seen, I think they have the most points in the regular season over the last three, four years, because they are always good. But are the line to get you to great, is tough and they don't seem to have an idea of how to get over that line. Um, And so I think they'll again be competitive this year. Again, they'll probably be a top four seed in the East. I don't think they will be more of a cup contender than they were the last few years. Um, But I don't think it's maybe down to all these reasons. I think it's bigger CFG family stuff. Uh, shout out Devang. I didn't realize after the, before this episode that we recorded that Frank Lampard was a Brexit manager. Uh, but now I'm starting to realize and open my eyes uh, after all the guys that he wanted. Uh, and that relates to our last question. <laughs> we just have to say we can't officially state that. We don't know that that's his official no, okay. position. Allegedly. Allegedly. Guys, oh, not even it? allegedly. Not, no, no, not even allegedly. Just uh, it's an assumption based on yeah. a reading of the person, I guess. So It's convenient. Yes. And I appreciate <laughs> no. that. And I'm here to stereotype any old or older white British guy in the world, I'm fine with that. I'm just throwing it out. They, there. I don't know how the I don't know how the libel laws work here, but he is not on the record. Well, we know in England there basically are no libel oh laws, my God. so we're probably good. Okay. We're on with the the mirror in the garden. I don't want us to get sued. It was just a joke, um, but okay. Uh, Deepak asks if Steve Bruce wasn't English, how long ago would he have been sacked? It's a good question. I don't know if if he was in English. Like the whole the fact that Steve Bruce is a playing legend helps him, and that he's English definitely does. If they had sold the club, he would have been gone a while ago. The, the, what's going on now is like I even feel a bit bad for Steve Bruce, which I never thought I would say in my life. And I I post a picture of him smiling maniacally on Twitter as a joke, but I genuinely feel a bit bad. I watched Newcastle a lot recently because they played Arsenal a lot recently, and it is just an unwatchable team. 
The midfield is trash, 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 really bad. Absolutely terrible. Bad considering that it shouldn't be that bad either. And that's the painful part. Going forward, Andy Carroll is the not the messiah, but someone who's hoping to provide some hope and they don't even send in balls to the box for him. Like it's just an absolute mess. I don't even I don't know really what the solution is there for him. Those wins early in the season might save them. They're gonna need a couple more, but you probably just end with Steve Bruce because what is the alternative? Yeah, so I think I agree with you. I think the reason he's still there is because the ownership is so bad. And so I think him being like a safe known option and a lot of that goes to him being as Devang said British and a former player there that probably helps him be the guy that you'd put in this role but like no ambitious manager wants to be a part of this so you're kind of stuck as a club and I don't know that it's totally his fault the part that would probably would fall to him is the players he spent money on outside of Callum Wilson haven't really hit um, I don't. I don't think Callum Wilson is hit either. That's fair, right? And not entirely his fault. But it better than Joelton, and not entirely Callum but, Wilson's fault, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, that's it. So, that's it. So I think that's the part where you like laser focus on him because I don't. I, as Devang said, I don't think the team's great, and I don't think the structure of the club is great to get the best out of the team anyway. Uh, but they don't want to be. And then a final salvo in the Steve Bruce defense hour. This team got struck by COVID really badly. I think Alain Saint-Maxime has not come back in a while. He's still out. They had a couple of influential players um, devastated by the virus. It's tough to deal with, especially in this situation where Mike Ashley is is basically in a holding pattern. They can't deal. They can't even deal this club to criminals <laughs> if they wanted to. It's, it's just an absolute mess. So good luck. I have it sucks because I again I, I know pe- good people who support Newcastle through and through the Toon Army deserve better but feels like it's going to be a bit longer for that okay but if they are going to fire Steve Bruce we will send them time and date when they can do it so that we can get it That's on true, the next yeah. show You're welcome <laughs> exactly. I can't believe that they let go of Rafa Benitez to be honest but well he won't he won't even come back so apparently. he's yeah. leaving China they say he's going to Celtic yeah. apparently it, apparently he just well he can't he can't train for three months. Oh, right. And he lives in a hotel by himself and he can't really leave because of COVID. So he pretty much was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. And so I I think the people closest to him have said there is no specific job he's coming back for. He's just coming back. Throw a dart in the board and see where Rafa Benitez ends up. Liverpool. <laughs> imagine. My God. That was. My God. Can you imagine? <laughs> And imagine they just they give him Klopp's Oakleys. They don't even give him glasses. Yeah. They just give him the old Oakleys they have. Like, all right. Also, he has a deal with Oakley, right? I saw those the symbol probably displayed a oh, bunch during no that idea. game. Yeah, he must be a dealer. I, I yeah. he's got to deal with everything, dude. His shoes. Right? He's like he clearly got paid extra by New Balance to wear yeah. the hats. He has <laughs> yeah. his own thing going on. He's too smart. That is it, folks, for another week. Before we go, a reminder, please leave a rating or a review if you enjoy the podcast. That would be incredible. We're also on Twitter at a football pod, as well as on patreon.com forward slash a football podcast. For Nick, David, and myself, thank you, as always, for listening to AFP. We'll talk to you next week.